Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Towards the end of Nicomachean Ethics, Book 10, Aristotle famously suggests that the next work that one ought to look at is his work, The Politics, which has to do with political science. The reason why he suggests that is because there is a connection between political communities and ethics and education. Education for Aristotle takes place in a much broader way than we typically conceive of. We associate it with academics, we associate it with schools, with institutions that we explicitly identify as educational. For Aristotle, the family and the community also provide important measures of education, not only for citizens, but for the children that are brought up within that community as well. Now, much of what he has to say about this is coming towards the end of Book 10. That's everything down here. There is something that he says early on in Book 10, which I think is very important to bring up and think about before we go into that. And this has to do with the relationship between pleasures and activities, something that we've done several other videos specifically about, going into much greater detail. So pleasures and activities reinforce each other. What we mean by that is what we enjoy, we get better at because we do it more often. Because we enjoy something, because we take pleasure in it, we're willing to put more time into it. Aristotle uses the example of somebody who really enjoys music. They're willing to put in the time to, say, practice an instrument. And because of that, they improve as musicians and they learn more about that topic on the way, which has, again, sort of a self-reinforcing effect. Because they're better at it, it is more pleasurable. So what we enjoy, we get better at by doing. And what we are already good at, we enjoy, we get something out of it. And so there's this, you know, sort of self-reinforcing dynamic that way. That can also be problematic in other respects, because what we don't enjoy, we probably don't want to put too much time into, and we won't get good at it. And if we understand virtue, that is moral excellence, as something similar to that kind of knowledge that's involved in knowing how to do something, understanding how to apply general principles or techniques within given circumstances, then it's going to be important that we actually enjoy what we do. Now, for a while, when we're, when we're working our way towards virtue, it's kind of fake it till you make it. You don't really enjoy it. You're being self-controlled by privileging reason or your practical rationality over what it is that your desires are doing. And so sometimes it can be painful to act in virtuous ways, even though you choose to do that because you recognize that as a good. But over time, through repetition, it becomes, as Aristotle says, second nature. There's implications for this for vice as well. Vice can be second nature just as much as virtue can. So by doing the wrong sort of things over and over again, you come to enjoy those sorts of things. You know, by being greedy, you learn by acting greedy how to get away with it and what sort of things to do and what sort of things not to do. And it becomes part of your mindset. So this is a very important aspect of education in uh, virtues, in, in vices, in habits in general that we need to attend to. Aristotle also says something very interesting, and, and this applies to his own work. He tells us that discourses on ethics 
are not by themselves sufficient to make somebody better. What does that mean? Well, for example, simply watching videos about people talking about Aristotle's theory on virtue or Epictetus's or Plato's or anybody else you like, or watching videos in which people act well towards other people and make us feel kind of warm and fuzzy inside, According to Aristotle, that doesn't do anything for us, unless we've already got something uh, established already. He thinks that it makes us maybe feel good, and that's a bit seductive. We think that we're doing better than we actually are. Now, what he has to say about this is, is not that it's bad to read books of ethics, but rather it's not sufficient to make people better. So what is missing there? What, what is lacking? Aristotle has this metaphor. He says that the soil must be tilled in order to receive the seed. So when you're farming, right, or when you're planting your garden, first you have to plow up the ground. Now, I know that today we actually have no-plow crops where they just inject it directly into the ground. That's not the way it was for most agriculture throughout almost all of human history, and we may get away from that as well. We tear up the ground. And then we can plant the seed. So you need a garden that doesn't already have weeds, noxious vices planted in bad habits. You need something that will give you room in which you can work. So what does he mean by that? Good habits. He says that good habits, in fact, lead us to act and think in good ways more naturally. When we have the kinds of habits that we need, and we need them, Aristotle thinks, already being established as children, we need to be inculcated in certain basic approaches to say right and wrong or what's fair or how to be generous. We need to have praise and blame assigned to certain things. Aristotle would say that as opposed to many people who think that moral norms should be kept out of education, he thinks that they absolutely belong there because children need them in order for that soil to be tilled. This also includes feeling pleasure and pain in the right ways. We need to feel pleasure and pain on the right occasion, for the right reasons, and not for the wrong reasons. So when people can tell, if they want to bring us upright, if people can tell that we're feeling pleasure at the wrong sorts of things, they can reprimand us. They can encourage us to do something different. They can structure activities in such a way as to promote a different balance of pleasure and pains. Now, over time, this will, as Aristotle says, produce a sort of natural affinity for virtue. That's what this tilled soil really is, a natural affinity for virtue, for loving what is noble. And so if that happens, then the, the field has been plowed, and then the teaching can actually do something. Lacking that, Aristotle says, you're not going to do much with a book of ethics, because the people who are bad aren't going to listen to you anyway. Uh, you, maybe you can enforce you know, certain norms by punishing them, but that by itself doesn't actually make them good. That just keeps them from doing worse things than they would otherwise do, right? The other thing that he says that's particularly interesting and relevant here is that nurture and education should be handled by two things. One is by law, by nomos, by what it is that the political community itself decides upon. In an organization, this might be, you know, sort of the basic rules, right? Or, he says, lacking that, 
who else can provide this sort of education? In that case, it has to be the, the parents or the family. Now, in, in our situation, we might think of other intermediate institutions that could perhaps step in when the political community is falling down on the job. Uh, it's worth noting, too, that Aristotle in Book 10 says that pretty much all of the political communities, except for Sparta, have done a terrible job with this, and Sparta has done a not quite terrible job. So he's not happy with any of these. He thinks that parents, friends, people like that have to try to help other people to develop virtue, those who they're connected with, those who they're charged with. And how do they, they do this? He mentions three sort of things that they attend to. One is what we might translate as rules or nomoi. This can be translated as laws. It can also be translated as customs. These are sort of the foundational norms that we work with. And those he talks about in a political community, in a polis, but it could also apply in a family. Discourse, logoi, actually explaining things to people. This doesn't mean that you just, you know, let anything fly so long as somebody can make an argument. But there has to be a cultivation of the mind involved. You can't just come down hard on people with punishment or, you know, reward or even praise and blame. You need to tell them why what they're doing is good or bad, at least to the, the degree that they're able of taking that on. Then finally, there's this ever important dimension of habits, of ethic. Uh, ethos means habit means something that is developed through activities over and over and over again. That's why this dynamic that we pointed out at the start is very important. We want to make sure that if you want people to be good, you have to have them doing good actions so that they can actually eventually get some pleasure out of it and they can stick. You want to steer them away from the sorts of bad actions that will almost naturally in a bad environment begin to develop bad habits for them because they take pleasure in the wrong things. So ethics and education, very closely connected for, for Aristotle, but education, like I said, understood in a much broader sense. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.